0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Eccentric, the makers of the K-Box and the new K-Pulley. Guys, flywheel training's really grown in popularity of late, and although it's something that's been around for a while, the simple reason that it's grown in popularity is because it works. We've been lucky to have a K box in our weight room for the past three years, and we've seen some really great things when it comes to improving the athlete's ability to change direction, and then looking at our return to play protocols with different lower body injuries with the student-athletes. The love-hate relationship that everyone has with the K-Box is now just going to grow more with the addition of the k pulley. The ability to do standing presses, pulls, rip-throughs, and knee drive exercises is just going to be another arsenal to our training and another addition to the love-hate relationship that our student-athletes have with the awesome tools that come from Eccentric. Go ahead and hop over to Eccentric.com today to check out what they have. Guys, I can't recommend it enough, and I guarantee you won't be disappointed not just with the products, but with the awesome customer service that Eccentric provides. Hey everybody, if you enjoy the podcast and the content that it provides, make sure you hop over and check out the all-new Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is a combination of the CVA SPS community and the Rugby Strength Coach community, bringing you what is sure to be the internet's leading resource for continuing education for strength and conditioning professionals. Combining these two resources has allowed us to bring some of the best content from some of the best minds in the world together for your one-stop shop to better improve the continuing education for not just yourself, but your entire staff. Bringing together all of the lectures from the Rugby Strength Coach community, along with the lectures exclusively done for the Central Virginia Sport Performance community, and all the lectures performed at the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, make this an absolute must for performance coaches around the world. The world-class lectures at the Strength Coach Network are not all that you'll see as well. The discussion in the forums and the support and the career guidance from some of the top practitioners in the world, from people all over the world, makes this an absolute must and a great place for you to network, learn, and grow as a performance professional. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code CVASPS, that's C-V-A-S-P-S, to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. We're sure you're going to find great value in the Strength Coach Network and are really excited to have you involved. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com and use the code Cvasps to check it out today. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I have the absolute pleasure of getting to sit down and discuss in-season training with the San Jose Sharks' Mike Potenza. Guys, after a quick little rundown of how Mike got into the league and down there in San Jose, we start right into discussing the evolution of Mike's training program. This includes, you know, how he moved to this year-long developmental model, you know, how he programs things, including, you know, what blocks and what their focuses are at different times of the year and how this alters and changes and they look at different things from, Um, VBT on out when it comes to how these guys progress throughout the NHL season. Uh, We then start talking about evaluations and what he's looking at in the guys, how he's looking at it, and then who gets access to that data so that they can make sure these athletes continue uh, to progress. He then starts talking about warm-up and how what they do every day before practice really is the backbone of his training program because it checks so many boxes, not just to make sure the guys are ready for the day, but also in the prehab, recovery, and strengthening aspect of typical issues that you see with hockey players. And then, guys, we get into travel. And Mike talks about the role of nutrition and things of that nature when it comes to these massive trips that they have to take here in the Western Conference. I mean, they're, they're looking at two and three uh, time zones, and that's within their conference on these trips. So Mike's got, um, got some interesting things that he looks at and things that he does nutritionally with his guys uh, in order to make sure that they're best ready to play the next day. And then finally, guys, we get into talking about you know supplements and nutrition and and what Mike is providing for his guys and, and the reasons why and what he sees as the most bang-for-the-buck stuff that people should be doing. This is really an awesome talk, guys. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Mike, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm really excited right now for this one. Uh, Let's, let's get everybody caught up a little bit here, though, Mike. Let, let's let them know, you know who you are, where you're at, how you got there, and, and we'll rock and roll from there.
1: Yeah, all right. Yeah, so this so will be a, a long one, I guess, but uh, I went to Springfield College, um, got my exercise science degree from there, and then I went right to Boston University for my master's. And um, after BU, I took a part-time job working for a Great guy, kind of like a big brother to me it was uh, Sean Hayes um, at Harvard for a short time and then and then took uh, assistant job at Colgate University for four months and that was in that was from December 2 to April04 I think Oh excuse me April uh, 003. And then I went to the University of Wisconsin for four years and won a national championship there with the men's and women's hockey team. Met Jim Schneider, uh, who you know really well, uh, and who connected us. And um, you know, I left there for an opportunity in San Jose uh, 13 years ago now. Actually, it, it still blows my mind how how long we've been out there, my, my family and I. So that's the that's the I guess that's the short version of it. Um, but along the way, man, I've been blessed to have a lot of great meet a lot of great people, have a lot of great mentors, and and have a lot of good experiences along the way. And Springfield helped out with that. They really pushed you to to do things in the summertime and uh, do extra uh, internships and and get more experiences and then I did just that and that's how I met Glenn Harris at BU and which parlayed into a a graduate position, that's where I met Mike Boyle and um, I was at IPI before it became API, Uh, met Mark Mark Verstegen and Brandon Marcello who's a tremendous friend, and mentor and then I was at the University of Miami my senior year with football program my senior year at Springfield was our second semester was all our field work. So that was the class that went 11 draft picks. Um, the following, they won the national championship the following year, and then they had all those guys. They had Ed Reed, they had Santana Moss, they had um, you know Brian McKinney, they had Dan Morgan, they had um, Clinton Portis. So that was a tremendous experience um, for a young guy like me to to get early on in my career. So,
0: and then what a letdown to go to Snyder.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he's actually I actually re- recommended him to the head coach. I was like this is the only guy you got to go for. So, and he came back. I think his car was already
0: packed. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, then you got down to St down, excuse me. You're in St. Louis right now competing yeah. against a, a a former podcast guest. Yeah. And you left Wisconsin to head down to San Jose, California. To which now you've been really spending yeah. a lot of time working on how you handle these guys in season. Yeah. And it's a long season. I mean, it's like yeah. this is going to air late June, so people get the <laughs> understanding. It's it's mid-May right now. Ten to t- 11 months of the year the National Hockey League is in season. Yeah. So let's talk about this, since this has kind of turned into, like, like your baby, like what you've been doing and building down there. Like let, yeah. Let's wrap about how Mike handles those guys and, and how things roll
1: yeah so you know the kind of epiphany came to me like about four years ago and it and i'm i don't know i guess i'm kind of embarrassed to say it, it took me that long into my time in the nhl to be like holy shit like this in season is is more critical than than you think of just maintenance you know and that never really sat well with me and then because i came from the college ranks and it's like we get to plan you got an off season one you get an off season two you got these kids all the time and the competition is not so condensed that you have to worry about three games in four nights or, or five games in eight nights, you know, and, and, and the travel. So I was like, man, I just I lost that opportunity for an offseason program because 90 percent of the guys have their private strength coaches in the summertime anyway. You know, so I really put more value and interest into the in-season model that that um, that we've kind of put together. Um, you know, we start. Our in-season program right in training camp so I have the luxury of having guys pretty much four to five weeks for a prep leading into the preseason testing and and training camp which is nice I don't don't know how many teams have that so we get a chance to finish off the summer where I want the guys and then we roll into our in-season and we gotta we we focus on three things Jay it's speed power and um, and strength you know so those are my blocks those are my blocks that I'll run through um, based off of Iferin's, uh residual training effects table to say, okay, how, how long have we gone not hitting this quality? And then we, we make sure that they're programmed within the schedule. Even if we're on the road, generally we, we definitely try to get that training session on the road, but sometimes it just acts as a download week for us anyway, you know?
0: Yeah, so that's interesting to me and, you know, kind of thumbing through the presentation again. So, my, my concerns whenever we start getting into residual training effects, especially in season, is how the players physically handle it. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at that with the guys, like soreness and things of that nature now, I realize because once upon a time I was pretending to be a hockey player, like <laughs> there are individuals that are of a different mindset. So how does that work with the guys? How, does the, how do the boys handle that when it comes to, well, you know, we might not have to do some aerobic work for a few weeks, and now all of a sudden we got to throw it back in or some max strength work or whatever that may be.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Addressing the aerobic side of things, we don't do a lot of it in season, you know, because getting them on the bike for a longer period or getting them to, to, to train for that extended period of time, whatever format you want to do, you know, whether it be, you know, interval-based aerobic work or, or just getting on a piece of equipment and going steady we don't do a lot of it. We do more of that type of work, um, in an interval format with our healthy scratch guys, the guys that aren't in the lineup a lot. Right. Um, but based on, we, we have an on ice day, which is basically a skill day that kind of acts as our roberg work, work, which is, which is pretty cool because the coaches are listening. Now I have the coaches attention to say, you know, every coach that ah, I want to be fast. I'm like, okay, well, we can't do a drill for 30 seconds and want to be fast. Like, Let's break it down. Let's just go strictly five to eight seconds and let's be explosive. And and they're starting to learn, you know, which is they're starting to listen, I should say, which is kind of cool. But the time when the guys really feel it, Jay, is is when we do max strength work. Right. So so when we have those I I went I, I basically I have a workout that we put in. Um, it acts as a test, right? But more of an evaluation. So we do it once, we do it every month. So it's, it's a 3RM on trap bar and 3RM on bench, right? So those are our, our, our max strength, our, our strength-based numbers that I can give. And we also do jump testing. We do a, a vertical jump on the just jump mat. We do a four jump. Um, on the just jump map so those that information will go to our gm and coaches and we track it every month so we have some testing base to see how much we've fallen off since the beginning of the season right it's a little easy eval we, we can grab you know periodically but when we do that max strength work or we're around there i used to do it all year but at the second half of the year i'm like man i'm flirting with fire you know we have some guys trap barn you know 400, 450, close to 500 at times. and I'm like, I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is safe at this time of year, and I don't know how much bang we're getting back for our buck, right? So what I did was, first half of the year, we went a true 3RM, you know, strength based measure, and then the second, and I and I used the uh, Gym aware to measure velocities. So then I took the velocity in the second half of the year, and said, okay, I want to be around here at this certain velocity, and not get to 0.3, 0.2 meters per second, where the loads are going to be really high. We just hovered around 0.6, 0.7, got some load under us in a, around the 60 game mark, and I thought I thought it was beneficial. You know, guys were still hitting their speeds relative to what they had been doing at the heavier loads in that kind of velocity profile. So it's a safer way that we kind of tacked it. Um, I, I don't, we didn't, we haven't seen in, in my three years now, of, or four years now of doing it. We haven't seen any drop off uh, in terms of those jump score numbers. Um, which to me I wanna see more I want to see power outputs that don't decrease throughout the year, and we've achieved that,
0: you know. That's awesome. Now, how do the boys respond to that? Because I know that at times going from oh. the meat heady stuff to now it's like, well, I'm moving less weight, but you want me to do what and why and how is this working yeah. together? So how is yeah. that sale with especially with some of the vets you get to work with that uh, right? you know, yeah. I'm sure have their their methods and thoughts of how yep. they should do things. Yeah, good question. Um, when we're in December and
1: January and hitting heavier loads on the trap bar, the guys are like, "Oh, geez, here we go again, trap bar. so so it's, but they know now like okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna go lighter and we're gonna go for more velocity type work in the second half of the year, so so they're not they're they're comfortable with it now. they're used to it. One thing, we do have a lot of regressions and, and variations to everybody's needs. You know, it's. I remember when I worked in college, it was we had a, a freshman-sophomore program, and then we had a, a junior-senior program, so we, I tiered it a little bit, um, because you have guys for four years, basically, at, at that level, and I wanted to do something different. I wanted to have a little bit of change for those old upperclassmen who have more training age than the incoming freshmen, right? So... Um, for our older guys and guys who don't, frankly, trap bar well, guys who don't squat well, guys who have history of low back pain, guys who have a lot of compensatory patterns, I'll change the exercise, you know. And then I have to make note of that in my kind of monthly report to see where everybody's at, you know. So there may be a guy that, you know, for our goaltenders, we may do a, um, a skater jump or a lateral jump, you know, right to left leg, at, so to mimic them pushing across the crease and having that explosive ability to do that. But that's more functional to them, um, and they may not do the, uh, the four jump, you know, the elastic four jump. So,
0: And now how do the boys sit there and take those progressions and regressions too? Because, again, I mean, you're also dealing with different animals. Like right. the north, you know, the, the western hemisphere hockey player may have a mildly different mentality than the eastern hemisphere hockey player. Yeah, Did I say yeah. that nicely?
1: Yeah, you did. Yeah, you're very PC. You're very PC on that one. <laughs> there. It's been really, it's been really good. I think guys appreciate. All right, Mike's taking into consideration what I need. You know, what I can do, what I can't do, and I'm not forcing square pegs into round holes. You know, like if it, it, I always, I always say to myself, okay, if somebody came up in the gym that who's who I'm really close with and I respect and okay, What would they say about my workout? And if they see a 6'6 hockey player who's got a short trunk and long, you know, lower limbs doing a trap bar and it looks ugly, then I shouldn't be doing it, you know? So we have to find because that guy's making a lot of money, playing a lot of minutes, and has to get through 82 car accidents just to get to this spot in the playoffs. So we have to adjust, you know? Whereas some guys, maybe they won't, but I do.
0: Yeah. So then let's. Let's talk about those 82 car accidents, because for some of those guys, it it, it, it can be a toll. So yeah. then what are these things that you're seeing throughout the year? Where are these progressions and regressions moving positively and negatively? And even more so, where are some moments where Mike sat there and really started to dive deeper because he noticed something with player X or player Y?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: a cool thing that I get a chance
1: to do and I've done since I've been here is I handle, I'm, I'm like the second stage of rehab, you know, and reconditioning. So um, our head athletic trainer and our athletic training department takes care of all the initial care, doctors, all that, so setting up surgery and whatnot. And then they come to me, like week one, pull up with pretend doing all different kinds of, you know, whether we do range of motion. Um, Neuromuscular re-education and then getting them back to the strength training mode of all the other healthy limbs or areas that they haven't hurt I get a chance to do that, which is great so that we can really boil down into specifics on each guy one area that over the years I I, I Don't cut any corners. You, you're gonna get a pass from me If you played 30 minutes one night and you're beat up and we got a workout the next day You'll get a pass what I don't give passes on is warm-up like you have to be upstairs for our 15-18 minute warm-up, and there we're addressing mobility, we're addressing um, activation stuff commonly, like everybody does, I guess, and then any locomotor patterns. Um, but that J is where we can solve a lot of problems, right? All the sports hernia, sore groin, sore low back, cervical issues, I address in that time um, for everybody, and it's a blanket program. Everybody does the same thing. If by chance we when we do our our movement assessment or our movement profile that Kevin Neeld when he was working with me and us last couple of years, um, he put together, and it's really dialed in, and I love where his thought process was going because then with that, we know what specific guys need. We can do extra work um, to to fit their needs. That's just one more layer from a mechanical standpoint that guys are getting what they need, you know.
0: Yeah, and again, now the more that you're able to show them, you're providing them specifically what they need, again, the buy-in starts to continue to improve, and yeah, these guys yeah. are more apt to be in with what you're asking of them.
1: Yeah, and knock on wood, like, you know, over the, my career here, we've always been
0: the top three
1: least man games lost, right? So I, I take pride in that. There's, there's a couple other layers that go into that that figure, but we're always there. Um, and, and I really think by the time we spend doing warm-up or the time we spend in our prep work, it solves a lot of problems. Knock on wood, we don't have a lot of sore groin or groin pull issues and, and low back issues and things like that, you know. So it's just the contact stuff. That's
0: that's the nature of the game. I can't, I can't undo that, you know. No, a thousand percent. It's They can try to change all these rules to make it less of what it's supposed to be, but at the end right. of the day, even that guy in New York City is not going to take that stuff away from the NHL. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. So then let me ask you this, because, again, you know, these 82 car wrecks that these guys play, and then you guys have had two series go to Game 7? Yeah, yep. Oh, jeepers. So now you're you're at a, a hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're traveling all over the country. I mean, the Western Conference is, it's kind of like the Big East in basketball, right? It's like, yeah, the Big East, but, but it's got yeah. Milwaukee, you know? Yeah, um, know. yeah. yeah right. But you're in St. Louis, which is the Midwest. Yeah. So that's a two-time, two-time zones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Trip. Yep. Yep. How do you handle that with the boys? How do, how does this these travels, this jet lag, hydration, nutrition? Yeah. Because I know that nutrition is one of the buckets that you carry very well. Yeah. Um, how's all that handled? How's that impact? And, and what's Mike working with his boys to make sure they're prepped to go get them tonight? Yeah. So when we travel early on, Jay, like
1: three times early on in the year, we'll do blood work, right, as an intake at uh, testing a training camp. Then we analyze what's def- what they're deficient in, what their food intolerances are, and, and all a real detail, detailed detailed uh, blood panel. And we do it three times a year, kind of check the levels three times a year. If we could do it more, that'd be great. But uh, you know, it's just between the scheduling, you can't. So. Based on that, everybody has a specific plan of what they should take for what we offer from a nutritional standpoint, from a supplementation standpoint, in terms of vitamins. Um, that helps us when we travel to make sure we're topped off and, and all the tanks are full. One thing from some research that Carl Val uh, exposed me to uh, in 2015 when we when we had our Stanley Cup run, he's let, uh, he showed me... Uh, the the gut if the gut is in order before you travel in different time zones you'll acclimate faster so I was like all right this is pretty interesting so so we really kicked up and I'll share that with you um, when we're done but um, we're gonna kick up our probiotic intake you know we're gonna find a real good source a well tested source of, a probiotic a um, clean source safe source and and we give I give that to the guys daily you know we have our our nutrition trunk that goes and and uh, with us and everything's all set up on the road um, and then when we plan, when I plan the meals, I plan every meal for our team, you know, I don't, um, with on the plane, if we're doing team meal or if we're doing a pre and post game meal. So we'll try to get some, uh, probiotic or, or uh, gut beneficial foods in there for the guys too. You know, uh, the other area we changed a long time ago was we don't leave a time zone after the game. So we'll stay an extra night if, because on the back end, we gain time going back to San Jose, but we got to load the plane. That takes an hour. You know, we get to, you know, and then if it's if it's cold, then we got to de-ice. That takes another hour. So we found by staying in that same time zone, and a, a gal I connected with uh, as a consultant is Sherry Ma. Um, she was educated at Stanford, and now she's at um uh, UCSF in San Francisco so she's tremendous, she's brilliant and she's helped us out a lot and by staying overnight it helped us coming back on the back um, we wouldn't get to our original time zone or our Pacific time zone too early whereas we would be dealing with acclimating there we just went in the day before so that's been that's been a huge help for us
0: It's so simple it just might
1: work yeah, I, you know what? It was crazy because in 2015, I showed our coaches. I was like, look, we, we literally our record from from central and east coast coming home that night, and that and that first game back in San Jose, we were one and six before the playoffs. And then I was like, look, this isn't working. We, we should probably stay the night. Consulted with Sherry. Stay, let's stay the night and see how we do. I shit you not, six and zero. Like when we stayed that night and played – so that game – but when you tell a coach that, you're like, I'm asking for a day off just to fly. And then we got to come back and play. So yeah. and that That's was hard. Sell. That was hard. But the selling point was like, look, we can get to morning skate. We'll, we'll we'll have everybody at the morning skate on game day. I know it's not a practice, but at least gets everybody moving. And it just kept working. So you know so that's kind of how we we change it up
0: so i guess then the question that i need to piggyback off that is do you feel like it was more beneficial to sleep and spend the day and or was it more beneficial that the boys had an extra day off and could recover the full day and then play
1: yeah great great, or yes i i I guess yes to both i think what i would say though is that Guys don't sleep after games anyway. They're so revved up. We have guys going to sleep at two or three in the morning just because their nervous system's all jacked up,, as you can imagine, um, and and for whatever caffeinated drinks they're drinking beforehand. so so when we're in that city, guys are still going to go to bed at the same time. However, they can sleep in a little bit longer when when we're not practicing the next day. They can sleep in longer, they can get breakfast and then we can fly. Now when we're when we when we used to fly out that night, they maybe slept on the plane, woke back up to get in their car and drive home. So it was really a broken sleep pattern that was – and then we'd be at the rink the next day for an 11 o'clock practice. So, it's, so even for that, it wasn't worth it.
0: Yeah, I think that broken sleep pattern too probably had a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: That's awesome. So then let's, let's keep running down that nutrition rabbit hole because I think that that's something that even us in college – Can learn a bit more about when when you're rolling around there with your nutrition trunk, Mm -hmm. and there would be buckets that you think that everybody should fill. What would Mike Potenza tell people that like, if you don't have X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. you're missing the boat, and this is why.
1: Yeah, I think you definitely have to start at hydration. You know, I think Matt Nickel with his product, and again, I'm just a user of Biosteel, I don't, and, you know, a friendly endorser of because I know all the energy that Matt put into that product and, um, and the research that he did prior to that. But for our group, we do need some sort of, of robust electrolyte solution to give the guys that's not based in sugar. Um, and, and Matt has a tremendous product out there. Drip drop is another thing that we use for our guys who who sweat um, a lot because we're losing from anywhere from four to eight pounds um, of Of liquid of of water weight from the guys based on heat based on pads pad weight and all that so um, um, Scratch is another one out of Colorado that we've been using. It's actually a good flavor So I would say you got to have your electrolyte you got to have a plant-based source of protein recovery um, and, and a whey-based source. Now, based on our blood work, we know who has some sort of intolerance to whey or, or whey, whey protein. So, we're managing body composition changes, um, and those who have to manage it than a plant-based source of whey protein, which is great. So. Cool. And then uh, what else we got in there? I I think, you know, glutamine has been well researched for a while. There's a lot of good tested products out there. We use a thorn NSF glutamine that I think for tissue repair um, and gut health has to be in there. there's there's definitely no doubt about that. Um, And then I'm not a big fan. Over the year, I, I would say I don't use a multivitamin anymore for our group. I use a, a multi-mineral, which is kind of critical because um, as I mentioned to you before, uh, Jim Laval has been a big influence on, on what I'm looking at for our guys and how to replenish our guys from what uh, what the energy expenditure is and what the metabolic side of that we do all the time. Uh, so a multi-mineral is becoming more valuable for us because we're so – when in those blood panels, Jay, what we found is like guys are always deficient in mineral counts and that's because we're, we're anaerobic animals, right? during a game we are during practice we are and you know we're constantly training two to three times a week so we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of cost there so I want to put back magnesium so they can sleep I want to put back magnesium because it's one of the most important minerals for um, conditioning and and metabolic work that you do Um, and and we've seen through that blood work a lot of minerals be low so a multi mineral has been the best one for me to, to to have uh, and then again, you know, vitamin D is critical. Vitamin A, along with um, your omegas, is, is going to be critical for brain health and recovery and inflammation management. So those are the those are my big big rocks. You know,
0: I love it, and I wouldn't have thought of the minerals yeah. as much. But I mean, it's
1: you—it's it's bigger than you think. Oh yeah, I—I I, I would tell you, I would tell you, magnesium is the new. Vitamin D, you know how in the last four years, like vitamin D, everybody's like vitamin D, vitamin D. That's completely true, especially for our guys who who, who have lower than normal testosterone because of bad sleeping patterns and, you know, maybe trading and, and, and flying and, and sleeping late and all that kind of stuff. But ma- magnesium should be looked at as vitamin D, uh, the new vitamin D, you know, it's really critical, you know, especially with sleeping patterns. We, we have we have a contract. Um, uh, Contracted with a local float company, so an Epsom salt magnesium float tank um, Locally that guys go have been going now for the last couple months Tremendous helps them sleep that they, they come back in, they're like Pretends this I slept unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I'm like yeah I'm like cuz you're absorbing it through your skin It doesn't have to pass the gut barrier um, But that's been great. You know, I, I travel with bags of magnesium salt on the road so guys can take a, a, a soak in the hotel room so
0: well, and I think a lot of that, that dermal stuff is going to start to be shown to be more and more important and people are going to start doing more and more of that as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. More products are coming out like that too. More, more, um, lotions and topicals and things like that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, man.
0: Well, listen, Mike, this is absolutely sensational brother. I, I can't thank you enough for your time. And it just, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we connected and thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, listen, this is going to be a, it's July, the week of July one and, uh, Hopefully it's a we get another text or call here in the near future saying congrats and go do your thing, brother. Yeah, and great. Uh, truly appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work out there. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. We'll be in touch real soon. Thanks. Okay. Yep. Yep. And a huge thanks to the San Jose Sharks, Mike Potenza, for spending the time with us today. Guys, let me just open, honest, candid sharing from Mike there getting into, you know, into the weeds a bit when it comes to not just what he's doing and evaluating, but also like how they're feeding their guys, what they're doing with travel. The whole idea of spending the extra night and using that as a recovery day is huge. and it obviously, has been something really successful. So I can't thank Mike enough for being so open, honest, and candid with his sharing today. This was awesome. So, Mike, keep up the awesome work, brother. Truly appreciate everything you're doing and, uh, and can't thank you enough for your time. As always, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, as always. We're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.